Verdugo back to the pen. He oh. caught it. He took it back. He's doing everything right now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the TC and Company podcast. Tom Karen coming to you from Fenway Park where the homestand is underway and the Red Sox kicked it off with a 6-1 win to open up the series against the Oakland A's. An important win to get back to 500 here at Fenway Park, but also to try to keep the momentum going. After an 8-2 road trip, the best West Coast swing for the Red Sox since 1995. And it was really the the trip that kind of reset this season. They got back to 500 on the trip and now have continued to move above. They're uh, now a season-high four games above 500, holding on to a wild-card spot. Just a couple, uh, uh, three games back in the loss column of the Tampa Bay Rays. So a lot of good things happening out on the West Coast while you were all sleeping uh, or watching the Celtics or watching the Celtics and then going to sleep or watching the Celtics and then tossing and turning because you didn't like what you saw from the Celtics. But whatever the case, uh, it was uh, tough to keep track of what the Red Sox were doing late, but that's okay. That's what we're here for. Uh, and now they're back home, and I think this is a really important homestand because I think a lot of people are going to start paying attention to this team right now and gauge whether or not they are ready to make the investment and, and jump in on this season. A lot of you had turned away, and why not? When they were 10-19, and 19, it certainly didn't look good. Uh, and you had the Bruins for a little bit, and then you had the Celtics for longer to keep your attention, but now that's all wrapping up one way or the other, and you're going to try to see if, if you're going to pay attention to this baseball season. So I think they need to do well here because if they go 2-7 and seven on this homestand, I think a lot of you are going to say, I knew they weren't that good and move on. But I think if they play well, and they should, Oakland is not a good team. Detroit on the back end, not a good team. St. Louis is a first-place team, but not a great team. Uh, and so I think this is a homestand where they can do some damage and, and win over some fans. Uh, so that's a good thing for the Red Sox as they continue. A couple of pitchers on the injured list, they're going to have to deal with that. But Chris Sale may be inching closer. Uh, good news there, certainly, for the Red Sox. But. We lead off, as we do each week on the TC and Company podcast, with a man who will legally change his name to End Company, uh, Tyler Borowski. Boronski? Boronski. I, I forget the burr. N. No, it's the N. I forget the N. It throws you off of yeah, me? Yeah, I, 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 in my mind, I think it's Borowski. I, I've gotten Borowski before, you know, like Joe Borowski, a former, right. I think, Indian pitcher back in the day. I so I get that, that sometimes. but no. Boronski. I'm sorry. I, 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 I tripped over the <laughs> N. Tyler Boronski with us uh, for Tyler's Trending Topics. But before we get to that, uh, let's just talk about this week in yeah. Boston. Uh, this is crazy uh, that we are, you know, today, we're sitting here Wednesday as we do this, getting ready for game two of the series. Game three of the series against Oakland is a 1.30 start at Fenway. And that is coming on the heels of the start of the U.S. Open just a few miles away at the Country Club in Brookline. All of that happening just a few hours before game six of the NBA Finals at TD Garden. This is going to go down as one of the great sports days in the history of one of the greatest sports cities in the world. We're spoiled this week, TC. Ooh. I know I'm booked my schedule-wise, so I don't know when this episode drops, but it, 
Hopefully we're giving you enough time to plan your sick day now so you got time to watch the Sox, the U.S. Open in the afternoon and then Celtics later at night. So Just to stay off the road. This is why we stopped trying to get the Olympics a few years it's back. <laughs> we can't handle it. Stay away from Route 9. Stay away not, from Brookline. Stay home or take mass transit. I was going to say, it's not going to be just flooded because of cars, but maybe some drunk people filling up the well, roads too. They're, so they're it's going to be packed here. They're paving. There's pothole <laughs> construction going on. The other day, Storo was a parking lot. It, it took me an extra 10 paving. minutes to get here today. Yeah, for it's, sure, it's so. crazy, but it's great. And this is, it reminds me, when, when were you born? What year were you 1998. born? 1998. You were one years old, one year old. In 99, they had the Ryder Cup here. They had the uh, the, the, the Red Sox were obviously playing. Uh, and there was another, oh, the All-Star Game was here that mm -hmm. summer. It was the uh, classic Pedro sure. Martinez All-Star Game. Uh, and all of that was happening around the same time, and it was just all nuts uh, here in Boston. So uh, we've been here before. We can handle it. But it's going to be a great uh, a great week to be a sports fan in Boston. It always is. All right, so what do you got uh, to talk about here this week? Well, let's start with the man who spoke yesterday, Chris Sale, here with the Red Sox. Obviously, he, he hasn't spoken since spring training. was the last time you guys had a chance to see him um, coming back from this injury. It's a rib injury this time. Remember, not an arm injury, a rib injury. Then a little delay with his, I guess, rehab process with a non-medical, non-COVID-related that he didn't disclose too much yesterday. Um, but it was good to see him. Uh, what was your main takeaway from listening to the press I conference? I just, I miss him. That's, he is the, the, you know, he speaks in sound bites. I've always said any young pitcher or player he ought to go watch him. the sound bite, him. by the way, yesterday. The great sound bite was Paring the, himself uh, to a sack of potatoes. Yeah, he goes, I'm not worth a sack of potatoes because at least that would feed the team, uh, which is just such a great line. Yeah. But he just, you know, talking about watching his son's game and that he's the second best baseball player in the house right now because at least his son is playing. I uh, just, you know, his, his accountability and his desire to get out there and compete and help this team win is what always that attitude is what separates him in my opinion uh from most guys but just you know i really did feel for the first time yesterday uh that he's that he's getting closer you know he's gonna throw mm -hmm. a bullpen on uh tomorrow thursday, thursday yep. and he kind of hinted that he won't be far away from from starting a rehab uh, uh run which would be great news team hasn't said that we'll see how he feels uh, and then we'll see how they play it out, right? He said yesterday he'll come in the bullpen if they need him to. That makes sense because he might get back mm -hmm. earlier. On the other hand, you got two of the five starters on the injured list. You'd love to have him back as a starter, so we'll see. Yeah, so Cora actually said today on the radio, though, that he views Sale coming back as a starter. So that kind of yes. like, you know, but the question is, the question bit, is, do you bring him back for a couple for, of relief starts exactly. and then stretch him out? How quick do you bandwaves? want him back, basically? Because right. if you want to rush it a bit, you bring him through the bullpen route. If not, it might be a while. And then, you know, obviously, we, like you mentioned, we have a couple guys down right now starter-wise, but that's really not going to be relevant, you know, when Christian would be healthy back, if he needs to be a starter. So. If not, that means they become a lot longer. Exactly. Uh, so. What else you got? What else going on around baseball? Uh, you know, I guess we do got to pay our respects to <laughs> one of our rival, the Yankees right now, Vess. Uh, Record in the big leagues, um, and they're kind of leading everything. Best home record, best, best road record. They're leading the league in shutouts uh, on their pitching staff. So, um, And a lot of guys that you just wouldn't expect. Nestor Cortez in the top five for American League ERA leaders. Actually, if you look at that whole list in general, who, they've got pitching. you have to be a really good ba baseball analyst if you yeah. were able to predict some of those names yeah. on that list. Let me just say that. But they've got really good pitching, which I think is the surprise here. And, sure. uh, and, and I, I heard this amazing stat, and I don't remember the exact number. I think it was 117, and this was from Buster Olney in the mm -hmm. ESPN's podcast, Baseball Tonight. But they said uh, 
the the all-time major league record for home run differential right we always talk about run differential sure. home run differential in other words the number of home runs you hit minus the number of home runs you give up mm-hmm. i think it was 117 which was the 1927 yankees the murderers row new york yankees this team as of uh, a couple of days ago was on pace to match that so that tells you everything mm-hmm. they're hitting home runs at a prodigious rate most home runs in baseball but their pat their, their pitching staff is not giving up home runs and at mm-hmm. that ballpark that's hard to do. It is. Keeping the ball in the yard at Yankee Stadium is very difficult. So you really have to respect. Well, listen, it's going. I mean, I'm not saying anything that isn't obvious. Yeah. It's going to take a a major collapse by the New York Yankees for the Red Sox or anybody else to catch them in the AL East. Sure. You almost have to start. And this is new. I was talking to Dennis Eckersley about this the other day. He's like, Yeah, I never do that. You almost just have to start looking at it like you look at the NBA or the NHL standings. You're just thinking about home field. You're thinking about qualifying and all of that. You're not thinking about winning the division. Maybe that'll come into play down the road. you got a lot of games against You have, what, 16 games against the Yankees. Right. Uh, go 15-1, and one, you've probably <laughs> caught them. Uh, but that's going to be hard to do. But right now, you're just trying to make the playoffs, maybe inch up a little bit so you can get that three-game series here at Fenway Park because all three will be at one park. Don't worry about the Yankees. They are a hell of a team. Yeah, like you said, just change the change the goals, I think, at this point in the season. And then, you know, expanded playoffs, play in a role that, you know, keeps the Red Sox a little more relevant um, in the hunt. I think right now, if the season ended, what, all four, four of the five AL Beast teams would make the playoffs right now? The AL Beast, yep. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it, the AL Beast. So, um, what else you got? Um... I saw this really cool video on Twitter the other day, actually, and TikTok too. Uh, Joey Votto, I guess he has been a TikTok sensation lately. Yeah. You see, there was a fan in the stands, I think they're in Arizona, has a big sign. You know, usually they say, oh, can you take a picture with me? Can you sign an autograph? No. Joey Votto, will you make a TikTok video with me? And Joey Votto, being the guy he is, uh, actually agrees to do it. They do the gritty dance. I don't know if you know the gritty dance, but I'm seeing Mac Jones, he did it in the Pro Bowl. Um, that was yeah, ugly. a couple. Yeah, that was, Mac Jones. If that's if that's a gritty dance, I will never do the gritty dance. Yeah, so that's what I don't their know video if there's a better was. version. Justin Jefferson, the Vikings, he does it way better. Does but, he? Yeah, All not right. to switch sports on you guys Good too to much, know. but uh, so they did the video. I just thought that was a fun moment. Is that fun a TikTok moment. thing? The gritty dance. It is a TikTok thing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Oh, I TikTok know. Oh, I know. Type I'm of on dances. TikTok. Oh, I, I know you are. Yeah. I don't do much with it. I'm on it. So I thought that was that was fun. You know, I think we need more guys just showing being loose. No, not. Taking things too seriously. Couldn't and agree more. That was a great moment. I mean, even, this isn't TikTok really, but the other day, like that video with Devers going viral, talking to Jemai, being like, yeah. hey, I just hope the ice cream machine's still Eating working in Seattle. Cream, like, Seattle. this is one of the best hitters in the league. Right. And it's just, just being a goofball at the end of the game. Yep. The only sad thing is that girl's gritty video. Her TikTok account got banned after the video went out. What'd she do? <laughs> Nothing. I think she just, like, whatever. She's like 13 years old, uh, underage. I guess, whatever, TikToks little bots or whatever, but I, oh, I, felt bad, I bet felt bad for her. You know, your video goes viral and then it gets taken down, right, but a big it's okay. All right, what else you got? One more? Uh, I guess we hit the three bar. I just want to give a couple honorable mentions. You know, right. we didn't do the normal route last week with the topic, so I right. guess we're making up for it this sure. week. Um, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago, the Jock Peterson-Tommy Pham situation. Uh, I guess there's still a little oil, you know, on the fire, and uh, that's, you know, kind of back. The Giants wore shorts, shirts the other day. Uh, I don't know it verbatim, but just hiding said, players on yeah, the stash, IL. Fantasy Football 101, right. stashing players on the IR is not cheating. So right. there you go. My and, favorite thing is they play Tommy, each other in a week and yeah. a half. So and Tommy Pham didn't like it. Didn't like uh, the T-shirt. Of course not. So. The initial version had a Jock Peterson signature on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the T-shirt, so that's not good. All right, one more honorable mention. What do you got? I'll give a shout. We're playing the Oakland A's this week. Um, 
and on their broadcast team, Jesse Goldberg Strassler, been in minor league baseball broadcasting since 2006, was his current team, the Lansing Lugnuts, until it's a nine good guy, and he got his first call up to, that's awesome. you know, in the big league. So I think anyone that's worked in minor league baseball knows the grind of being, you know, in that environment sometimes, so good for him. We've seen, all, you know, even on the Red Sox side a couple times, Josh Mauer was with the Woo Sox and the Paw Sox for a while. Josh paid his dues and is doing great work now at the major league level with after Brewers, being yeah. so good for the Paw Sox and the Woo Sox. And our boy for Monaco so for, to an extent, you know, Mike, Mike Monaco. Yeah, he was yeah, he's on guy. Rise. He was like, yeah, whatever. I went with Josh first for a reason. I'm moving on to the big leagues. Uh, Will Fleming, of course, doing radio. Yes, yes. I mean, Don Orsillo spent his time. And Don Orsillo was uh, a double-A play-by-play. He would spend the winter doing AHL hockey. Oh, really? And then go in Springfield, Mass. Yeah, yeah. And then go to Binghamton, New York, and do their double-A baseball. So he had no off-season. And he and I were in the AHL at the same time. So it was great because when he was in Springfield, I was in Portland years before we ever came to Nesson. Uh, he would interview me, and then I would interview him for our intermissions because you're always trying to find oh, no, interviews. Yeah, yeah. So you go to the bathroom at these minor league arenas. you got to play something that's like five minutes long and run to the bathroom. So that was uh, we always had the reciprocal because we played uh, them all the time. But yeah. anyway. That's awesome. You, you guys think you it's story expect, time just for you guys. It's yeah. story time for me as you well. You didn't so. expect uh, some good AHL uh, radio <laughs> talk on this podcast. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, but we do know what we're going to get this week. Uh, conversation with Jackie Bradley Jr., who is – 32 years old now, a veteran, back after the year of hibernation in Milwaukee, back where he belongs in Boston. His numbers at home have been fantastic. Such a massive split between his home and road numbers. Offensively, he's been great here at Fenway Park. Figured he's the perfect guy this week for two reasons. Hey, it's Father's Day weekend. He just welcomed in a new baby. He and his wife, Erin, now have three beautiful children. Emerson is their oldest, uh, the daughter, Jax. Uh, is the middle one. He's the boy, and now uh, Elle is here. He was in California when he got the word that, uh, that she was going into labor. Uh, Aaron, he got back just missing it, but he did manage to squeeze in a round of golf. That's the other reason it's a great time to have me this week. And the U.S. Open's in town, and Jackie Bradley Jr. joined me just after getting to hang out at the U.S. Open and actually playing a hole during the practice round. Here's JBJ. All right, with us is a full-time golfer, occasional baseball player, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, you love golf. I do. Okay. I love golf a lot. And we've got the U.S. Open in town, and you got to go over and check out one of the practice rounds. What was yes. that like? It was, it was amazing. Obviously, anytime you get to, to go out there and um, experience how, how they prepare, it's, I mean, it's essentially across the, across the board, different sports. So I got a chance to, to – see them get ready for this this major event and um it was a it was an honor to be out there now this is uh this is life inside the ropes when you're a major leaguer you go from posting pictures of with a fan on the side watching to all of a sudden you're swinging how does that happen yeah um there was there was fans around um everybody was getting ready because this is it's early in the morning people are teeing off so everybody's a little giddy um i'm on hole two at the moment and um I'm about to watch uh, Grayson Murray tee off, and you know, he, 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 he comes by after getting off a hole one, and it was like, congratulations on the game last night. I was actually in the game last night, and um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good win. And you know, I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. And he, he's about to take a swing, um, and he sticks it on the green, and he looks at me. He said, hey, it's your turn now. I thought he was just joking. He was like, no, come on. So he he says about 220 to the hole. 
Um, what club are you swinging? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm swinging four iron for that one. He hands me his four iron. He tees up a ball for me already. And I'm like, thanks, G. <laughs> like, and um, he, and I think a couple other people, uh, a lot of fans that were around, were like, are you nervous? I was like, honestly, no. Um, golf is pretty quiet. I'm, I'm used to about 30,000 people yelling at me. <laughs> so um, I hit a clean shot. I didn't. I didn't duff it, I didn't thin it, or I didn't chunk it, or any of that. And I ended up just to the left of the green. Um, I left myself- But you had the distance down. Yeah, I had the distance down. I was good. I was about pin high, uh, but I left myself on the short side of the of the um, flag stick. So I just chipped it on and, and two putt for bogey. There you go. Uh, there's a lot less foul territory in golf though. <laughs> Those fans yeah. go right up along the fairway. Yeah, I didn't hit any fans and my, my ball stayed in play. So overall it was, a, it was a win hole for me. Have you played in enough events with galleries that that doesn't bother you? Like I haven't, you know what I mean? I play in scrambles and you play in whatever you play in and, and I play, but the couple of times I've played, like we used to have the, uh, well we still do in Labor Day, we have the TPC mm -hmm. event. And, and we used to be involved in a, in a program thing. And, and, you know, you get to the ninth hole and be a couple hundred people. And that's a di to me, that's a different world. Now you're making me hit a yeah. landing spot, and I'm not good at that. Do you do enough of it that it doesn't bother you if there's a gallery? I've only played in one pro-am really? in my whole life so far. I just started playing golf about, about two and a half years ago. So I'm fairly new to the game of golf. And uh, I got to play this past November at the RSM Classic uh, on Sea Island in Georgia. And I got to play play with um, Scotty Scheffler, and it, it was an honor to play with him and and to meet his caddy Ted Scott. Um, it was it, it was great getting to to pick their brains and learn from them about the game of golf. I love, like you said today. I mean, tomorrow's the first round as we tape this, and and you know they're going through their practice round today. It's fun to me, and I've been around a little bit to be able to watch PGA guys like. Well, you got to be careful now. You can't just say PGA guys. Let's say uh, professional golfers. Professional golfers. I like uh, but, but, you know, watching them take a shot, talk to the caddy, make a note in the book. Like, and, and I got to play in the program one year with Jason Day, and he mm. was young and just coming over, and it was the first time he'd been at uh, TPC Boston. And just watching the brain work, you know, watching every shot meaning something. And it got me thinking about you guys in BP. You know, fans come here, watch take BP. Oh, there's Jackie swinging hitting bombs, everything's good. But you're out there trying to accomplish something specific in batting practice, just like these guys are walking through the course. Yes, absolutely. There's always um, something that you're essentially trying to work on. And with those guys, they, they, they do it so so often. I mean, like us as, as well, we do it so often. Um, they have their numbers dialed in. They're liter literally machines. They As soon as they make contact with the, the club face, they know whether it's going to be a good shot. Just like if, you know, most majority of the time, as soon as we make contact with a ball, we know whether it's going to be a home run or not. It's um, when you do things enough and with enough repetition, then it just becomes second nature. What's your handicap now? A seven and a half at the moment. Two and a half years you're playing this and you yeah. get it down to single digits? Yeah. I yeah. hate people yeah. like you. I hate <laughs> golfing with people like you. I, don't hate, you. I hate <laughs> golfing with people like you. Yeah, I've played this all my life. I'm a 15. That's yeah. the best I can get to. Hey, I'm, I'm, I work and I've played with a lot of people who are a lot better than me. Yeah. So that just helps. learning from them. Surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a segue. We talked about batting practice. And you know, Alex Cora was talking about how watching you this year, 
the approach of staying inside, of trying to hit line drives opposite field. Your opposite field percentage right now is at an all-time high. I think it's 18.7 balls hit the opposite field. Is that something you came into the season trying to do, trying to use that opposite field a little more this year? I, I wouldn't say it was something that I was trying to force to do. Um, obviously, I think putting myself in a, a position to be able to hit the ball hard is um, – you know, forefront of my mind, uh, making sure I'm on time to be able to deliver the barrel um, at at good pitches. And fortunately, I've been able to you know, stay back and kind of go with the pitches and you know, find some holes on um, the opposite side. Um, but I'm I'm not actively trying to force it that way a majority of the time. Sometimes I am, but sometimes when I'm trying to force it that way. I, I fall off the ball. I fall it off. And it's, it's just it's not it's just not as easy as. You know, oh, look at that hole over there. I'm, I'm going to just hit it right there. Uh, yeah, you can, we could do that during BP all day long, but when you got guys who are attacking you with uh, a lot different velocities and off-speed pitches that are trying to get you to be out front, then it's, it's a lot harder to sit on four different pitches and still guide a ball a certain way. Maybe harder than it's ever been in this game. Like, people talk about beating the ship. Well, just start slapping it off as a field. But I'm not sure there's ever been a point in time in this game where there are more guys with more velocity and more stuff and more break. I mean, these guys are, these pitchers are in a lab right now, learning to pressure points and release points and slots to make it break. I'm not sure hitters have ever had, doesn't, and listen, guys were throwing hard back in the day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting the way the game was played, but there, were, there seems to be more specialization in pitching to go along with velocity than ever before. So that whole concept of just, there's a gap over there on the, on the other side, just go hit the open. It's hard to do. Believe me, I wish it was that easy. <laughs> right? Yeah, life would be easier. Uh, this year, the balls, been a lot of talk about the balls early in the year. They didn't seem to fly. Now they seem to fly. The Titleists seem to be back in the mix a little bit. I don't know. Bring it back to golf. Uh, but, but a lot of guys have said, and I don't know that you were necessarily any kind of big launch guy to begin with, but that whole idea of launching airborne, it's, it's getting hard. You know, because of the balls, there seems to be more gap-to-gap line drive approach this year across baseball. This team seems to be taking more of a gap-to-gap line drive approach. Doesn't mean home runs won't come, right? right? But you're trying to get hits. Is that Take us through your approach in 2022, how that's evolved over the last couple of years. Honestly, I think guys are – they're just swinging. They're swinging their swing. The ball is going to be the ball. I know I've, there's been a couple times where, you know, not only I, but other of my teammates have hit certain balls and they're like, wow, like, I hit that pretty good. And normally when you, you know, you hit a ball pretty good, you can kind of judge your distances. Uh, I felt like I've hit a couple balls that I normally, they would probably be homers or at least a lot closer. And they may be caught on the warning track or just before the warning track. So there, we could tell a difference. I think everybody could tell a difference across the league. Um, but uh, what can you do? I guess you're making adjustments and continue to, to work on what you got. I've seen more of those this year. Alex Verdugo is a guy who's probably had more balls off the bat that we sort of come up out of our chair a little bit and the guy catches it a foot back on the warning track. It's happened to you a few times. seems to be happening. I've seen more of it this year than I think I've seen in the past, which, again, is the eye test. But the ball doesn't seem to be carrying. And they say the humidor is now in the summer. It'll add. We'll see how it all plays out. But it, it seems like, and this isn't to, to go on a, an anti-MLB baseball. I, you know, I really don't think there's a conspiracy. I think they, on a year-to-year basis, try to tweak the ball, I guess, to what they think. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, in Japan or Korea, they actually, like, 
show you. They cut it open. And it's a big press conference. And big, here's what this year's ball is. That we don't have that transparency here. We know that. So I feel like you guys are left guessing a little bit at the beginning of the season. Has it always been like that? Or do you feel yeah, the last I, few I, years is more I, I don't know. I've never been a person. I don't analyze baseballs. I play outfield. Uh, Does it matter in the outfield? How about the receiving end of it? Do, does, do you see balls that maybe off the bat? Does it does it play that way in the outfield that you feel maybe a ball's gone off the bat and you're catching it on the warning track? I mean, I still see the trajectory and how I perceive it to come off the bat, but I don't – off the bat, I, I, don't, I can't say a specific number like, oh, this ball was hit 104 miles per hour off the bat. No, I can – I can see how it's coming off the bat, and I can go from there. Um, I think only the batter and the pitcher can can really make that that, that difference in and telling you what the ball is doing. Most of your time here, you've had better numbers at Fenway Park. Most seasons here, you've you've had better numbers at home. They're a little more dramatic this year. The splits from home to road. Any reason for that, or is they're just falling in here and not falling in there? You said it. <laughs> falling here and. Not falling on the road, but um, just keep swinging it. Um, a lot of people like to always say it will even out. I always say that's a lie, but um, why? Well, because it's not true. It is definitely not true. I don't care what anybody says. It is not true. They do not even out. <laughs> a little tweak. Uh, I read about and I've watched the bat maybe a little higher before you load. Is that something? What has that done for you? It's just allowed me to just get to the slots a lot sooner. Um, than having an extra movement. So just keeping it as simple as possible. When you tweak something like that, and I always go back to golf when I'm talking to fans about baseball because I always think about my swing, right? When you start thinking about something, it doesn't necessarily lead to great results immediately, right? You're tweaking something. How tough is it to sort of make a tweak, even a small one, and something that's worked for you or something that you've done forever while you're facing major league pitching and, and still trying to get results, right? The process is to make you better, but you're going to be judged on your results. How, how difficult is that process? It can be, for sure, especially if it's something that you're not used to. Um, but, but thankfully, we got some time to work on some things, and you know that wasn't a, a, a so-called big adjustment for me um, this go-around. Right field been an adjustment at all? You played, what, 37 games out there, a lot of them here at Fenway. How different is right field compared to center? It's different just because of different angles, but um, I don't I don't see it as it being more difficult um, than playing center or anything like that. I I just try to catch the baseball. I don't, I don't try to make it difficult or, or hard or overthink anything. If it's hit toward, towards the line, I just try to let the ball do what it wants to do with that. That way I don't be too overly aggressive. I have to tell myself that it's a double. If I'm able to keep them to a single, that's – it's all gravy, but don't allow them to have a triple. You haven't had one get by you in the corner here yet, have you? Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. I've slowed one down, but I don't think one's got by me yet. Shane Victorino told me once the toughest thing he thought about right field here for all the talk about the nooks and crannies, it's how low that wall is. Yeah. And that when you're going full speed back towards the wall, there's no real peripheral warning. It's the, it's the warning track, and that's about it. Has that come into play at all? Have you noticed that? Yeah, for sure. Um, there was actually a, there was a home run ball that kind of wrapped around or wrapped around the the foul pole where I initially I felt like if I would have dove into the stands that I, I probably could have had a chance if I dove head first. I'm, I probably would have um, t- 
um, taken a, a good hit, but I also remember earlier in the game that I had, I had tossed a ball in that direction and a little kid was there. So I remember that as I was running that way and decided not to lunge by a whole body in case I smashed the kid. So that's literally going through your mind as you're running after this ball in right field. Because the angle I was going at it was the exact same angle that I, I threw the through the ball of kid. It was it was out of my reach for me to be able to jump on the wall, but I would have had to literally jump into the stands to catch it. And I probably would have hit the little kid. Well, he thanks you. Yeah, we I, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, the, the, the errorless streak. Are you superstitious about streaks? Do you not talk no, about streaks? I, I'm not superstitious at all. Because J.D. Uh, JD Martinez is one of my favorite. Uh, earlier this year, he had that hitting streak going. Uh -huh. And and we're watching Jamai go up to him at the end of the game for the walk-off interview. And and J.D.'s like waving a finger at his face. And we're like, what? There's some beef between. And Jamai's like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, yeah. Who'd have beef with Jamai? Uh, but he was telling him, don't you bring up that streak. I am not talking about that streak. So you don't, there's nothing like that? You no, know? I'm not. I'm not superstitious at all. About anything? No. No, about anything. You've been playing this game a long time. Usually something comes up along the way. Nope. Hey, I just, I just play. Uh, but that errorless streak, I mean, it's uh, whatever, 200, and I got the numbers here. How many is it? Do you know? You I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. 281 games at this moment. 2,231 and a third innings. That's a long time to play in the outfield without an error. That is a long time. Hopefully I can keep it going. I guess what that means is you're getting old. <laughs> you're yeah. playing this I, game I, a long I, time. I, I am getting old. <laughs> you know, think about that away. And you and Brock Holt make your Red Sox debuts together in 2013. He's here as a fan tonight watching the game with Griff. I just Griff. saw him. Walk, yeah. I just saw him walking I was just talking here. to him. And I, I got thinking on the way in. I was like, man, that's that's – you know, when, you, when you've played this game for a long time, and I've been doing this a long time, you know, you, you see a lot of great ones come, and then they get older, and they go from being the phenom kid to the veteran, and now you've been on another team and come back. How different is this game now for you? Like, how different is Jackie Bradley Jr. coming in, doing his work, getting ready? Is it tougher? Is it uh, the routines are more part of you? Like, how does that change from 10 years ago? I think just the overall, the overall mindset um, of things. I, I feel like routines are altered, um, they're changed, and you know the game is always is very fluid. So there's there's going to be change and adjustments made from offensive to defensive, base running, um, even sometimes the way um, someone manages a game, and you know, I think that's all plays into a role and, and how teams gel and you know hopefully you can you can grow with the game in order to, to make yourself better to to help the team win ultimately and you've stayed durable you've managed to stay on the field and the way you play the game that's not necessarily easy what do you attribute that to um just good preparation in the weight room uh, i feel like i'm i'm, I'm physically in a, in a in a good spot um I'm, I'm pretty balanced. Uh, Mitch Moreland actually told me this. Um, he was like, everything you do, like, looks so smooth. Like that, and I, he said, I think that's why you don't ever really get hurt. He's like, you, you know, when you walk, when you run, nothing's really like off balance. So I have pretty decent flexibility, um, pretty good strength for my size, and and I. Just been very fortunate, very blessed to 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 be pretty much 
healthy for the majority of my career. It's a guy who woke up with a stiff neck. And where do these sleeping-related injuries start? You're not that far away, okay? Uh, but, but, you know, flexibility doesn't get easier. Do you have to spend more time on that, making sure you stay flexible? Um, I, I wasn't there saying, yet? I, no, I'm not there yet, <laughs> thankfully. Um, but I, I think I do a pretty good job of just doing it innately. I mean, I don't think about sometimes when I'm, I'm stretching. You know, sometimes people are doing certain movements and certain things where you're, you're actually stretching the body, but you're not thinking that you're stretching. So I think as long as I continue to stay active, um, I, I think I'll – be Back to the uh, outfield switches. Pitch calm when you're in center. No pitch calm when you're in right. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, How do you right. like it? Well, has it helped? Does it make a difference to you? Does it speed uh, up positioning for you or anything? I think just. I think you just you hear the game plan ahead of time. I think that's that can be helpful. You can kind of adjust how you think the the uh, opposition may attack you know, a certain pitch at that particular moment. But obviously our pitcher has to um, execute that pitch in the, in, the, in the location that it needs to be. But I don't I don't see it as a, a big deal for me personally. For the center fielder? Yeah. I, we won't ask names, but have you ever stood out there? Oh, no, not that pitch. Like, have you ever totally disagreed with a pitch call before it's oh, thrown because uh, now you're in on it? I thought about it. <laughs> oh, I'd hit that. Don't throw that. I'd hit that. No, no, not necessarily that I would hit it. But like, oh man, he was on that same pitch last last pitch. So I always thought that was the funny yeah. part of this, right? Like everybody's in on it now. And I'm like, ah, but uh, hey, that's the name of the game. You gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta see what happens. You are there's mutual option. There's a potential you be a free agent after the year, and there's a lot of guys <clears throat> who could be free agents after the year. And and AC was saying back in spring training when I was talking to him, he said he thought in 2019 that was a bit of a distraction for this group. You won the World Series in 18, and all of a sudden guys were thinking about the future and the mortality and the group breaking up. And you know that whether it's conscious, it was there. He said he feels this group has done a really good job of blocking out or or not letting any of that noise intrude has, has that been the case you think since the start of the season i mean i honestly haven't heard anything about it until you just mentioned it so i, I guess that is the case um you know, i guess we've been um, kind of just focusing on what we need to take care of um, we didn't have the the start to the season that we we wanted to um, but obviously um you know we've got a talented group of guys and we've been able to to, to gel and and put together a good little run here. So hopefully we can continue that throughout the year. The uh, the pitching has been unbelievable. Yeah. Starting pitching has just, in an age where, you know, we, we were getting used to bullpen games and, and bulk guys, you've got starters who are giving you a chance to win every night. I mean, that's that's everything in this game, right? If you've got a guy on the mound who gives you a chance to win, you should have a good season. Yeah, you're in a, you're in a good spot when, um you know, you have a, a starter on the mound that's giving your team an opportunity to win said every single night and our, our pitchers been able to do that for us we're, we're so thankful for them and um, you know we, we we hope to continue to have everybody healthy and um, continue pushing forward all right we'll finish up going back to golf here real quick because I will give you an award here uh, you traveled the most miles to get around the golf in in the history of this game I think right you flew <laughs> 3,000 miles oh, yeah. with the team managed to get around in before yep. you got the call that you got to come home for baby number three yeah that's a lot of miles for 18 holes that is a lot of miles and to come back three days later and then play in the same game that I 
flew on the flight back the same day. So, yeah, it was a lot of, was a lot of miles, but um, I was able to do it. Yeah. So You got home, just missed the birth of Elle, right? Um, yeah, I just But you got it. to be there in the afterglow and with it. You know, it's so important to be there for those moments. Uh, three children now. Do you have more dad strength? I mean, that is what we talk about dad strength. Everybody says they have a kid, they have dad strength. Now you got it three times. Yeah, well, yeah. My dad strength's in my mind now. It's all mental. I, I got to tell myself I got to be strong up here for for, for all them kids. Yeah. And, and you and Aaron can't play man-to-man anymore. It's a whole no, different it's, guys. It's zone defense. You got zone defense. Yeah, we're, and it's just starting. Man, we're working it out. We're, we're going. I, I was thinking the 3,000 miles back, but that'll just get you ready for the next few months, right? You might as well get well, – although, are, are they in Florida? Is everybody – They're in Florida. They're okay. going to come up here this weekend. All right. Father's Day? Will uh, yeah. they be in Father's Day? Yeah. So how cool is that? I mean, I, I somebody said this to me once, and my kids are in their 20s now. And But I always felt this way, like, every stage of my kids was the best. You know what I mean? Their little babies are like, ah, oh, this is the best. Mm-hmm. They start moving around, you're like, ah, oh, this is the best. Right. They start doing things, you're like, this is the best. And now I'm going to a bar and having a beer with them, this yeah. is the best. You yeah. know, and It really is just such a joy and a blessing to be able to watch them grow up, isn't it? It really is. Uh, you, you get an appreciation for, you know, how your life, how you just imagine um, your, your little ones would be and grow up and how you got a chance to, to mold them and, and shape them into the, the person that you hope they can potentially be one day. And um, uh, I'm, we're thankful that uh, we have a, a, a great family um, to be able to you know, help us along the way and, and, and help keep our kids going in the right direction. Let's get finally. I've said this on, on Twitter. I've said it to you. I just think you are, you know, we've had what Charles Barkley said, right? Don't pick athletes to be role models. We're just athletes. But, <laughs> yeah, I, but I think right. you are more than that because I, you always take t- time for fans. You can be in the middle of an O for whatever, and that won't change because I think you fully understand that for this fan, that's the moment they had with you, and that's the memory they'll take away. Have you always just sort of felt that way? You know what I mean? That 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 when you're walking down the street and somebody says hi, that that you kind of give them the smile and hi, you know, and make that moment. You're making memories for the fans who kind of support this game. Obviously, has that just always been who you are, or is it something you try to always do? Is it something you have to remind yourself when things aren't going well to make sure you don't let that affect how you interact with people? I I, th- I, I kind of feel like I've always kind of been like that, um, just because I feel like. In life, things is is such a perspective. You you got to put things in perspective. Um, I'm blessed to play, you know, a game um, that not many people get to play. Um, I've got the chance to meet a lot of people that I never thought I would meet. Travel a lot of places that I know for sure I wouldn't have been unless um, if it wasn't for this game. And um, you know, I, I think people like to see that um, athletes or whoever it may be or their idols may be um, are, are people too um, and I like to show them that like I like to show them that you know I'm, I'm not Jackie the baseball player I'm just I just feel like I'm just Jackie and I, I want you to treat me as as you will want to be treated so I try to show that in, in return as well. Awesome. Appreciate the time. No problem. Hit him in the gaps here and hit him straight on the course. Oof. Let's do it. It's a good way to live. Yeah, absolutely. So just a great conversation uh, with Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, again, uh, if you were going to 
sort of create the perfect player to represent a team. I think JBJ is about as close as you could come. Great with the fans. Uh, no matter what he's doing on the field, he always has time to represent. Uh, very involved in charities in the community and just always a pleasure to talk to. Great conversation there. Uh, we bring Tyler Boronski back in as we wrap things up. Uh, homestand continuing. What are you looking forward to here in the days ahead? You know, we got the St. Louis Cardinals coming into town this week, and I'm looking forward to seeing Albert Pujols um, last year for him. I've never seen him in person before, so just to see him in any capacity I think will be pretty pretty special to see. I want to see him pitch. <laughs> Let's see if he can get him out there on I the mound. I hope we put him in a position. Do a little bit. That means gotta, right. Yeah. right. Hopefully the Sox are up by 50. Sure. It's going to be fun. I'll tell you this, and here's the warning. Cardinals don't come here often. When they do, they bring a massive number of fans. There are going to be Cardinals fans all over Fenway Park this weekend if they can get through the U.S. Open traffic and get to the ballpark. We'll see how they do. Tyler, always great to have you on. We thank you, as always, for joining us this and every week. Make sure you subscribe and like and follow and do whatever the hell it is you're supposed to do to podcasts. I'm still new to this, but hopefully you've been enjoying it. Uh, we'll see you again next week on the TC and Company Podcast.